water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. The podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, Muslims between and unaffiliated to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast. With your hosts, myself and Caleb. How are you doing at this moment, sir? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I just got back from a very refreshing vacation, and I'm excited to talk about some Avatar. Yeah, well, I hope you're ready for training day and montage, because today we have some bitter work ahead of us. Maybe not for us, but for Aang at least. I'm all refreshed, and I'm ready to jump into some bitter work, like covering this episode. The summary, <laughs> please. Of the summary. Well, first, it's yeah, book two, chapter nine. This one was directed by Ethan Spaulding, who I think we've seen a few times this season so far. And it was also written by Aaron Yehaz. Returning once again to write an episode, the, I guess, head writer. And for the summary. So finally, after three episodes of Toph having joined the cast, we begin this episode with Aang attending his first earthbending lesson. But as with Aang's teachings with waterbending, his education starts a little bit wonky. But also returning to bending lessons after the events of the previous encounter with Azula, Ira resumes his training with Zuko's advanced firebending. And while both of our students struggle to get their arms around these new concepts, the teachers handle this development differently. For Toph, despite some advice from Katara, she goes for a harder, more authoritarian approach. But for Iroh, he takes a kinder, gentler method. But like any good A and B plot structure, the two stories marry each other throughout, and both Sifu Iroh and Sifu Katara realize that the key to helping their students progress is they need to go to the source of what's hindering them. For Zuko, it's getting past the shame he endured at the hands of his family, and for Aang, it's accepting that Earth is the express opposite of his natural bending ability and requires a different means to learn how to master it. But meanwhile, Sokka's out on the hunt looking to capture a meaty meal for the group, but as this is Sokka, his hunt doesn't go too well, and he winds up trapped in a crack in the ground. Katara knows that he's missing, and her and Aang go off to find him. Aang happens to stumble upon him, but still uncomfortable with his earthbending, tries to use airbending to free his friend, but to no avail. And after the two are attacked by a giant beastie, Aang proves to Toph and himself that he can stand his ground and confront a problem head-on, and the group celebrate his progress together. Whereas with Zuko, Iroh teaches him a firebending move of Iroh's own invention, a move that redirects firebending through and out of the body but he refuses to test this ability by firing lightning at Zuko. And so we end the episode with Zuko standing on his own, trying to confront the lightning, but not finding the resolution he's looking for. And that's how we end Bitter Work. Thank you, sir, for that. Let us do the usual and begin at your timestamp zero for physically, digitally, legally purchased. Get a timestamp zero, please press play right now. Oh no, we're out of sync. Oh no, we got to restart this. Oh boy. This is terrible. I'm. <laughs> I have. I'm now at fire, and you still are at water. And I just mastered air. Aha! I conquer the world. No, I'm just kidding. Oh snap! 
Yeah, so bitter work. Yeah, we get a little previously on again here. They're continuing that for, for quite a while now. They've been doing that. For this episode in general, was this one that kind of stood out in your memory when you're when you're coming back to it here? Yes, but mostly for the Zuko stuff, even though I do enjoy <laughs> the Aang stuff. And we start the day off very nice and looking refreshed and different. And why is this DR movie? What? They're capable of doing something like this? <laughs> yeah, that is surprising. Yeah, and we'll discuss how, how the animation works in this one. You know, they almost get, they, they almost look JM. Like, they got me. Until then, when I was just like, hey, is this is this JM? This <laughs> DR movie, I was shocked by that. And just, just knowing your, you know, your dislike of their art style. And their exaggerated cartoon style of, of these characters. I guess whoever the lead artist was on this one really was just like, hey, let's, let's do some JM stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell they're really trying to pull that back. I mean, they go a little bit, they go a little bit there for every now and again, but for the most part, it does feel a lot more, a lot more consistent. And I do like this little opening. Aang's getting all excited. Oh, it's finally. It does feel weird because Toph's been around for so long, but yet apparently they hadn't started their earthbending lessons. Now, why do you think that was? You think she was like preparing like a curriculum for him? She was really like putting out a detailed plan or do you think they just kind of forgot? She's got to do research uh, for, I mean, hey, depending on like writing a curriculum does take time. Um, Mm -hmm. I know because I sort of have to write a curriculum at some point myself. So like, anyway, so, you know, writing a curriculum is something, but, but I'm going to assume that's just like meta and the writers made it this way. (laughs) They just stuck it in like the, I'm going to say wrong order because it's not my show but they put it in this order i guess because it just worked out that way they wanted to do the chase first i mean obviously people probably wanted bitter work to come first then uh then the chase but i can also see the chase working out because we at least get even if you call it filler we at least get some character interactions so that we can use later on in this episode and stuff from the last episode immediately talks is talked about and uh, followed up upon in this episode. Mm-hmm. So really they probably um, basically they wanted to have two birds get stoned. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it, I guess you could think that maybe the blind bandit and Zuko alone like happen around the same time. So, so maybe it hasn't been as long as it seems. Oh yeah. I forgot about Zuko alone. Yeah. Whoops. But but anyway, yeah, so Aang's getting all excited. He's all happy that, oh, it's finally training day. I've been harassing Toph for weeks. But somebody's not happy to hear about this. Somebody just really doesn't, uh, they want to keep their snoozing up. Listen, <laughs> if he's that kind of guy, he's like me. You wake me up, like, when I'm sleeping, probably a spoiled brat I am. Do not wake me when I'm sleeping, girls. You're going to grumble? I'm not in the best. I'm. I'll be like muttering words underneath my mouth, and just being like, I don't know what he's talking about, but still. Um, <laughs> so as you know, Toph gets up to Vietnam. I mean, just Earthbenders. <laughs> Sorry, slip of the tongue there. Um, she wakes Sokka up as well with a nice kick and a Earthbender <laughs> call him to the boot, and he flies up in the air and lands back down like a exactly to all of them yeah sorry snoozles and yeah we've seen Toph display her uh, more surly 
attributes throughout the start of this season. But boy, oh boy, she sure shows her her colors in this one. She's awful leash, man. Like she's not she's away from her parents. All that uh, tradition and trying to keep up appearances all gone. She's now herself. You're seeing her true self and she is feisty. Yeah, maybe her pro wrestling or pro bending, I should say, trainer maybe had this kind of theatrical uh, element to his, his training. I don't know what you mean. What is pro bending? You mean earth bending? Pro earth bending? I don't remember. Well, I, yeah, I guess just pro yeah, earth bending for those guys. But hey, there was the Fire Nation or Fire Bending Man, whatever that was. <laughs> that was just a sand bender, by the way. <laughs> That's fair. Well, maybe it's popular in other parts of the kingdoms. I guess we'll find out as we uh, as we go along, or nations. Uh, but <laughs> either way, yeah. So Saki runs away. He's choked, and then we then we move on to the action, the kind of the training montage. Yeah, just you know, Ang immediately thinking, let's do kind of going back to the firebending master, um, or sorry, the deserter, not the firebending master, the deserter, uh, where. We're now seeing once again Aang having to tackle a new element. This time in the proper order, by the way. So we're finally at this mark. Um, and once again, he thinks of like, I want to do all the flashy, cool stuff. Like, <laughs> when can I do that stuff? And of course, what does Toph say? Like, he he probably mentions a lot of stuff he saw at the oh yeah breast the the earthbending uh, ring uh, or league. Sorry, the, yeah, the earthbending league. But it's weird because he didn't have any fascination with that. Like, he never really thought any of that was cool. That was Sokka who was. So now all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, doing all these cool moves. Let's let's go. This. But then, like, a few episodes before, he was like, nah, no, these guys are doing the right stuff. I'm like, eh, what the hell is going on here? Um, <laughs> and so much like uh, Zhang Zhang did with Aang in The Deserter, we have once again Toph making him do a horse dance and it's weird he does a horse dance like he did the horse dance properly he already like he mentioned the episode you know i can already you know uh squat and breathe the sun's air or whatever it was uh and feel the sun's energy on me i want to learn how to do fire it's like when he does a squat like the horse dance it's weird like like look at it at 20242 it's like dude you can squat like tough like you know how to do that I, whatever just probably can't do any um but yeah she starts him off with pushing and removing a rock why does it always have to be rocks <laughs> well he said he's earth bending this time but that's true can he lift all of the rocks well as, as Sokka notes uh rock beats earthbender so apparently not yes as top mentions rock is a stubborn element uh, it needs to be taken head on, very offensive, uh, a, a opposite to Aang, which, as we learned, airbending is very defensive. So mm. this may be a little interesting. And the first time he tries hitting the rock, well, the odd reaction of him flying backwards occurs and slamming back into Appa, to which then Sokka says rock beats airbender. Yeah, and then we move on to kind of an interesting moment in the episode as we see a young young man who looks very much like uh, Mr. General Iroh. Or I don't know if he was a general then, <laughs> but, but rolling around with his child and then we see kind of reflecting on the death of his child. I thought it was cool that they included this because this isn't necessarily 
like a super iro focused episode or anything like that but it was nice getting this little minor insight to him yes no it's we see luten for in the flesh at least as a child well before iro went to bossing say we had seen a picture of him i believe as an adult and now we see a face for him. And then we flash forward to the same hill that he was on. Excuse me. They were rolling around on the hill uh, to him being probably marked where his gravestone was and probably where he's buried. I'd like to think that when Iroh eventually does pass, he gets buried next to him. Hmm. But we have a flashback there, maybe sowing seeds and showing more of Iroh. Maybe not for now, but again, setting stuff up. We'll see where that goes. Feel like they're going somewhere with this, but we awake to find that Zuko has been mending Iroh's wounds from the previous scorch that he mm-hmm. sustained from Azula in the chase. Yeah, and he's he's tending to his uh, not just his his bodily kind of injury needs, but also trying to prepare him some nice soothing tea to kind of help him wake up in the morning. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's not his particular skill. Now, now, hang on. I'll give Zuko this. He he did achieve what you just said. He did to wake him up. <laughs> and he certainly did wake up to the way it tastes. So much, in fact, that after he has the first cup of tea, the second one, he's so appreciative of it. He's like, ah, I can't have any more, but he doesn't want to see uh, his nephew, <laughs> you know, seem splash it across his shoulder out the broken window. They want to share with the plants, share with the go. plants around him. Yes, here, plants, have some of your own, like, hot leaf juice. This is literally <laughs> for you guys. This is what you guys become. They love cannibalism, plants. It's so weird. Their liquid sweat being drank. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I like this moment with, with Zuko kind of... He, he's almost maybe preparing this tea as, like, a peace offering because he's he thinks that he's going to ask his uncle for something that his uncle isn't going to want to do. <sighs> yes. Just help him train to fight his sister. None of that I was just like, no, no, she's crazy. Like, she's got to go down. Like, we got to stop this chick. <laughs> That's saying something, especially for Myro himself, <laughs> who's not one to, you know, be assertive like that and bring statements like that to the table. Mm-hmm. Except for if you do something really stupid like what Zhao did in the previous book. Yeah, even though it plays like maybe slightly comedic with just uh, the way he says it, but it does feel like a strong kind of statement on. Yeah, this is the next little villain for, for Zuko. Yeah, one that cannot be, that, that should be dealt with uh, immediately rather than what Zhao was doing. Yeah. Yeah, there's even an element with, with Zhao of Iroh trying to almost mentor him as well, trying to correct him in his ways. So Indeed. Not with his niece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's got those two old biddies to uh, help with that. Sheesh, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, do you mean do you mean the the old ladies or Tylee and yeah, no, the two creepy old ladies? Okay, yeah, the ones that were uh, driving the tank in the last episode, <laughs> according to the commentary. <laughs> yes, accordingly. Well, May and Tylee weren't. Of course, they were in the caboose or they they were in the car. Anyway, um, so yes, I assume we don't. I don't remember last time uh, Zuko was training with Iroh. I guess episode three, 
maybe episode one or two i don't even remember now <laughs> yeah it's been a while it's definitely been a while yes yeah, it's like finally let's resume your training wow that's been like a season and a half since you've done that <laughs> well he was so moody he just ira would try and he'd be like oh i'll just do it tomorrow uncle and then he just kept pushing it off for yeah he was very stubborn with that kind of stuff yeah. <laughs> but speaking of training yeah we cut back to to ang and toff and Aang, yeah, he he thought maybe her her teaching methods weren't working, and he's trying to figure out kind of his own way around it. But for Toph, there's there's no your own way around it. You just gotta confront it head on, straight ahead. Just go straight at it. Whereas Aang, just like, hey, can we come at it from a different angle? And yep. yeah, he's kind of turned back by like even, and we we see later on that like he can't just do that with the. Sorry, I go to 0449. That's a <laughs> that's a funny still image. Anyway, uh, we, we find that yeah, with with him and trying to bend the earth, it's yeah, you really do have to come at the earth with uh, straight ahead, uh, as Toph does. Is she just slams right into a boulder, <laughs> completely explodes it. Doesn't even seem like bending it. It just seems like just completely destroying it. Smash. Yeah, it's kind of like the Hulk. Um, but Katara, she notices that Aang is getting a little, a little discouraged by, by this kind of. She wears green. Yeah, just throwing him in, kind of into the deep end right away. And so she takes her side, and it's kind of like, hey, you know, I've tra- I've been training Aang for a while, and I've, I've kind of figured out his way of learning, and maybe not all students learn the same way. So, yes, take some of this advice. Agree. No, she's running that. Whether she's the middle person in this conversation given that she has been teaching ang i don't think she's a master myself that's just me just because of how like you know the timeline and all this stuff but anyway uh but as a teacher the herself to ang yeah and probably growing with ang as 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 she is um mm-hmm. i would say that yeah it's good that she is taking uh no, noticing how ang behaves i wonder if ang is doing the same probably not he's not really teaching well he's probably teaching katara stuff that's subtle stuff potentially i don't know we don't we don't know we haven't really seen them like show each other stuff and had a training episode with them and at all so yeah i have no (laughs) name not for a while point is is that yeah it's good that katara is kind of from one teacher to another kind of instilling uh some wisdom on or instilling ideas for Toph. whether she's once again as michaela put it projecting and trying to make things perfect I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think she's actually trying to be, be helpful here and is giving the benefit. But is she giving Ang too much leeway? That's the question. And is Tov actually giving Ang the correct amount of training and or at least the, the the discipline? Excuse me. Yeah, we'll discuss that by the end. But one of the things that I think is kind of a funny running joke in this is, yeah, after that kind of the the chase episode where they were kind of figuring out their dynamic. Now Toph's got more respect for Katara, and actually, she's perfectly willing to kind of take the advice and listen to her. She just misunderstands it and kind of takes it the in, into the wrong direction. And they play that to, to funny effect, uh, beginning here with maybe giving him a gentle nudge is how to uh, get him to, to cooperate with her teaching. Yeah, now I don't know if we saw that in some of the previous episodes with Katara and Aang training. Uh, that would have to we'd have to like look at that again and say like, hey, did did what was this? Is this the case? Is this in character or is this just like a retroactive um, act that that Ehas has put on this character? Well, I guess we can assume that they've had they've all had time to kind of work together and figure out their ways. 
Hopefully. Yes, of course. Yeah, no, it's been it's been at least a few weeks now. I hope. Maybe not. Well, technically, not long after um, the chase, which is funny how they're now all not exhausted from that. They probably had like a thirteen hours sleep or something like that. Probably. Oh, but we we also continue on to another training montage, and we see kind of her her new attempts at a gentle nudge. Instead of making Aang necessarily try to earthbend just on his own, she's kind of making him just kind of get a feel of the rocks. You have to carry this walk, rock around, you know, just kind of moving them with his own body instead of moving them with bending. Uh, minus the whole trying to stab into the ground with his fingers. That uh, <laughs> it's maybe a wrong choice to go with that move, but. Toph is doing the smart thing and doing fundamentals because there you go. what's my thing, even though I don't know if I've said this on this channel, but I've certainly said it on the other channel. Fundamentals <laughs> win fights is the saying that goes. It's yeah. always true. Fundamentals always win fights. I don't know what that how that translates to swimming, running, jogging, uh, trampoline, uh, diving and synchronized swimming and a lot other stuff in the olympics but still or chess or poker but fundamentals win fights i don't know if they win competitions or not <laughs> yeah but you gotta get your gotta keep your feet under you yeah you gotta keep your kind of center center motion going and yeah and that's i guess what she's trying to teach him just the, the basics of the yeah getting a feel of his his material that he's working with here pretty much and also getting the discipline and or the uh well yeah this i guess the discipline but the uh, philosophies and principles of the style itself. That's the big thing here, especially since this is a closed martial arts system of that. Well, we'll see in a second uh, of understanding the element itself and how that works. And I think this episode, I really enjoyed this one for how it does kind of delve into the philosophies and principles behind each element and how they reflect into the culture Uh and, and how that shapes a, a, a culture, which is nice. Uh, where, again, the power itself translates into what the humans um, kind of tribute and, and, and take from, which is nice. Yeah, I just wanted to comment, not, not, not to get away from what you're saying too much. But I did see a funny little bit in the montage, which I missed last time. Which was, uh, I guess she wanted to use Sokka's little little semi-bladed weapon as part of the training club yeah club we just see her holding it and Sokka's trying, trying to get it back fighting her and then she eventually just pushes him away and hands it to Aang I, I don't know why I missed that last time but that's a funny little funny little bit in there yeah, and then just plays whack-a-mole with him yeah blindfolded as well and then he manages to hit one and she's like okay that's a good start it seems like you're getting the hang of this little but uh, then she does her weird kind of she pulls up the two sides of the rock and has it kind of parted in the center. But then she covers herself in like a rock outfit and just starts plowing towards Aang and Aang does like this funny anime face. That, that yeah, I thought that was a funny little uh, expression, at least. I mean, I like the idea of behind the training, by the way, of like <laughs> she draws a line with the in the sand. But she does it like from a distance telekinetically. She writes, she like draws a line on the ground with her finger away. That was awesome. And it was just like, I dare she to step across this line. <laughs> um, and then creates her like little like rock tank form, goes to like just slides towards Aang and is just like, hey, push me across, like push me across the line. Mm -hmm. That made sense. Some of the most of these make sense of like being being direct, like 
that is the whole idea of like Aang is a person who is always, I think we mentioned this, is always a person who tries to find a different angle. And that's the airbending fashion where, again, most of his airbending, we, we have seen several times where he has used it offensively, but most of the time he uses it like either defensively or creatively um, in the past. And so here it's like now he's got to be direct where he would always like run away and he would always like do, you know, circles. He, he Let's try spinning because, <laughs> you know, winds, tornadoes, all that stuff really makes it powerful. Um, whereas here now he actually has to be direct. And I also like when he has this like kettlebell like mm-hmm. rock. I don't know how much it is. He's on these two pillars and then I guess uh, Toph shakes it and he remains stationary. And yeah, there you go. He's actually has some some success there oh i guess they're also all in a uh, area that's similar to the great divide <laughs> yeah point that out i could see that but yeah then we we cut away to Sokka, and it looks like he got his little club back thankfully he's off trying to trying to catch some food for everybody hunting and gathering yeah hunting and gathering absolutely and lo he f- spots his prey a small little saber tooth moose lion cub i think i got that right and uh he philosophizes and or at least pontificates to himself about um the fact that to his unsuspecting prey you are a small cute you may be cute but you are meat nonetheless and i shall kill you for uh you to be eaten by me even though i don't think I do not think there's enough meat on that cub to like feed him because unless I'm wrong on this, somebody once a hunter once told me that no matter how many rabbits you catch a hundred rabbits, you will still die from starvation because there's not enough fat on 100 rabbits to feed you and get your proper um, daily body fat content. Does that make sense? It's interesting. It's interesting. So, Maybe this is a quick snack for Asaka, but even still, it's like, unless he was trying to lure the mama by killing the cub, because then the mama would come around. And usually mamas are a lot bigger than the cubs, so maybe he was going for risk versus reward, I don't know, or like waiting to play in the long game, I have no idea. Cruel as it may be, that is kind of what some hunters probably doing. Anyway, <laughs> what happens? Yeah, he he's plotting his attack, he's waiting for the the little guy to get into get into range for his his aerial assault, but when he leaps, he misses his target, and he also cracks right through the ground and falls into like this little, I don't know what is it like a little fissure crevasse, yeah, not crevasse, but yeah, a little fissure opening crack, what do you want to call it? Yeah, and he's so trapped that he can't even really reach his hands out. His hands are just kind of stuck right under his chin, and yeah, I guess we'll see what develops with that plot. He is pinned in place. Pinned in place, yeah. And speaking of pinned in place, well, not really. But when we cut back to to Zuko and Iroh, and yeah, they're they're he's taking the training a little bit differently. Uh, Iroh, not so much just throwing Zuko into the deep end. He's kind of taking right from the start, kind of teaching him the the, the philosophy behind what he's doing and what it's going to mean to take this step for him. And of course, to give us the audience of what the hay is lightning and how can firebenders do lightning bending? Because mm-hmm. like, wow, all of a sudden we can see Azula for the first episode of book two, you know, cast lightning. 
Like, wow, how does that work? And he goes through the motions of what it is. Um, not so much here. We'll get to it in a later scene, but basically stating that one has to have peace of mind and that lightning is not fueled by emotions. So keep that in mind, put a pin in that. And that also kind of shows and almost appreciate it. It it almost shows any reflects it as well as it shows Azula's personality, which is very nice. I like that. Yeah. Before we move on from this little scene, I just wanted to mention, uh, I asked you at the top, like, oh, is this an episode that stood out for you from this season? And this was a big turning point for me watching this show, because I think this was the episode that really cemented for me how much Iroh was kind of the the character for me up at this point. Like, I was just completely taken by him in this episode and uh, leading, other episodes leading up to this, of course. But this was the one where it really cemented for me, like, wow, this this character really just has a lot to him and and just such a great way of balancing the humor too like he seems so serious and and zuko's like oh yeah like he got the tea for us because i guess that's to help give me peace of mind and then he just switches into his comedy thing like oh yeah i didn't think about that and he's like oh yeah (laughs) i thought that kind of encapsulated that energy that he's got it's he is our obi-wan kenobi and our yoda (laughs) yeah there you go which is great we actually get to see what Obi-Wan would have been like had he actually trained Luke. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. A lot longer, excuse me, than what we saw in, in A New Hope. <laughs> yeah, and then we see a little bit of the more demonstrating kind of... This is the scene that I was talking about, sorry. This is this is where the, the pin of, like, what lightning is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just watching it to see exactly what he says, because I can't remember. But <laughs> There is energy all around us. Sounds familiar. Uh, <laughs> it's both yin and yang yen a monstrous fellow mentioned that hmm yeah sounds familiar um push and pull uh and so good and evil there is a separation between these two energies and the idea is that in these positive and negative forces that a firebender would take these forces within themselves and in that moment where both are right, you know, the, where they've they've combined or they've reached middle ground, that is lightning. Mm. And that is amazing because that is almost, if I recall, how lightning in real life works. Okay, minus all like, you know, the Taoism and, and Buddhism beliefs here or Buddhism <laughs> teachings of that I believe it was with high pressure and low pressure, when they come together at the perfect moment during like, you know, the QU little nimbus clouds and the storm and there's, the ground is negatively charged and the air is positively charged. All of a sudden in that moment where both like meet, you get a strike of lightning. Sorry if I butchered that all my weather meteorologists, excuse me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how lightning is created. So uh, it's pretty cool how they kind of somewhat get lightning right and they translate it perfectly into the philosophies of the show hmm. no that is cool yeah i didn't really think about that aspect oh i see so there's okay an imbalance i see that's what it was that's what he was saying okay that's that's what it is an imbalance i guess i got it wrong oh well <laughs> yeah and poor zuko gets it wrong too because once it's time for him to kind of demonstrate his understanding and test what he's just 
been discussing it immediately backfires and he goes flying back too, just like just like Aang did at the start of the episode. So now can I just say though that when Iroh himself does it, it's yeah beautiful. That's super cool. It is it is very it's a different it actually shows the art some of what Azula was doing, but he does it perfectly. Whereas in like, you know, in, in the first episode she had a hair that was off. Here, Uncle does it with a you know injured shoulder like a burnt shoulder like that's 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 like that's control right there that's that's how awesome uncle iroh is and makes it look beautiful in a way again i i, I like that sorry go ahead yeah and i was gonna say i feel like the animation takes a little bit of a different turn there too it almost has more of a kind of a glowy kind of look to it more of an anime kind of feel i guess so although it might also be because well all of a sudden a new light source is around. So they had to like compensate for a new light source. Cause there's the sun and then mm. there's him. So there's lightning and that's the whole thing with lighting. Uh, because if you introduce a new light, a new light source, everything around that new light source has to react to that light source. I think you would know this from film. So like they did their homework on this. Well, where it does, are you seeing like the lightning itself looks anime esque? just the animation overall takes this more kind of glowy aspect to it. And we'll discuss it a little bit later in the episode. Cause I feel like they do return to this, this kind of style that we see right there. That's true. Again, fluid animation as well. That was really good <laughs> animation. These again, this is a very high point for DR movie. If y'all may, if y'all DR movie made every episode look like this, Caleb would never have a problem with this. <laughs> That's fair. I wouldn't be complaining nearly as much. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. But I do feel like they've taken up uh, a step up during this season, I will say. Agreed. But yes, yes. Then, of course, as you mentioned, it is Zuko's turn to attempt this. Now, of course, much like Aang, potentially not everybody gets it. There's those who do and there's, you know, their prodigies or something about their uh, body and the way their genetics work probably allows that. It's natural selection by that point. For Zuko, that's not the case. (laughs) Yeah, and well, that and there's a reason why. But yes, as you're gonna say, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, and will that be the case for for Ang? And it's it's very weird, though. Pardon me for pointing that out, but I, it is interesting that Uncle Iroh, before we cut to Ang, he shakes his head. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder if that means anything. If that confirms suspicions from him or something else. We'll go into that later. But back to Earth training. As instead of lightning, we go back to Earth, which grounds lightning. Anyway. Yeah, and Toph's been she's been taking some time thinking of some new new ways to get Aang to kind of just face this earthbending task just head on. And she's come up with a pretty elaborate, pretty, pretty dangerous uh, kind of model for him. Most dangerous game. Yeah, where she kind of kind of put this big boulder up on top of this kind of slide thing that she built. This cliff. <laughs> yeah, a cliff with a specific track in it so that it would come down. With a slide, yes. I'm pretty sure, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, come down right to where Aang is going to be standing at the bottom. And, yeah, that's that's really going to force him to confront it. He, he won't be able to escape uh, then. She's uh, she's sure. So <laughs> uh, I love, the by the way, at 0855... Yes, we're eight, we're nine minutes into this episode and we're still talking a lot about it. Um, I love how we see almost a um, an Otomo face 
mm. in a way from something that you would see like the colonel would give in Akira. I, I I don't know. I just like I, I like that. That was kind of a cool, unique thing. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, and I like this shot that that same shot you were talking about. If you look at Katara, looks like she's got Momo's ears because he's hiding behind her head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She she's just standing right behind her. Yeah, and she can tell. You know, Katara's like, uh, and he doesn't seem too too happy about this. I better step in again. He tells Toph like, hey, maybe maybe this isn't. You know, maybe you need a softer approach again here. Is this really the best way to go? Yes. And what does is, what is Toph do? <laughs> Takes Aang's belt. Pants don't come down. I think it's more of a sash. Uh, takes it off, puts it around his eyes. Blindfolded. You're doing this stunt blindfolded <laughs> now. I like that Katara doesn't even comment after that. She's like, okay, I've, I've kind of stepped up my lines enough already. Now I just kind of have to... Thanks, Sifu Katara. Sorry for me never actually like calling you Katara Sifu, by the way. Yeah. Well, you haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah. But take it away. How does this How does this experiment go, Frang? Toph is on the top of the cliff, simply pushes the rock. The rock obeys physics, goes tumbling down the side of the cliff perfectly, gains speed, momentum, and inertia, and velocity... And I'm pretty sure Ang can hear said mm-hmm. rock coming towards him. I feel it too. And we see reactions of his face at 0924 of being spooked and scared of like, oh, what's going to happen? Am I going to get become an Ang pancake? I would hope not. A pancake? And a Ang cake. <laughs> and as soon as the rock comes towards him, it cuts to for commercial break. And then we go back, commercial break, uh, after the commercial break, comes back, and the rock is still rolling down, and Aang is sweating, Toph is looking proud, Katara and Momo are, like, you know, biting their nails, not really, but still, Aang has a horse stance, and just as the rock's nearly there, he, like me, always chokes, although not really, because every time I try to perform a counter in any video game, I always counter, I do it early or too late. Although in this case, he does the opposite, where instead of me trying to parry, I'm just like, screw this, I'm dodging. Although he jumps up instead. Yeah, and Toph, I mean, she couldn't be more angry. I mean, she's like, you blew it. You had it all ready for you. you had, your stance was perfect this time. And you messed it all up, and you're worthless. And yeah, she's just absolutely in a rage. And poor Aang, I mean, he's just completely defeated at this point. And he's trying to apologize, and... Yeah, it's it's a sad moment, I think. <laughs> Sorry is not going to cut it there, you little jello. Get out of here. Or not even that, but it's just verbally berates him for like, you know, not yep. understanding the fundamentals. Yeah, and in my opinion, any sort of training, any sort of schooling, any sort of thing where you're the the mentor trying to help a pupil along, that that kind of attitude is just in, not helpful. That's Okay let's yeah okay okay uh f- we'll finish your statement first sorry interrupt your anything yeah it it seems childish it seems abusive and yeah that's that's what i have to say about that okay that's fair okay so coming from a background where this i i i am in this in this place um obviously in mcdojo's and many other schools of martial arts they 
again, this is experience I have from my teacher telling me, but they have, of course, done that where there's an abuse of power, uh, where they always, uh, especially in certain boxing gyms, at least around here, I don't know if it's everywhere in the world. This is just in my area. Uh, where local boxing gyms in my area, all they do is, all right, so, oh, it's your first day of boxing. You never, you've, you've never boxed before. You don't know any of the fundamentals. You don't know what footwork is. You don't know how to control your cardio, or you don't know, you don't have much cardio, all that stuff. You're pretty much a weakling and you can okay uh here put boxing gloves on uh put the shoes the helmet on and actually no take the helmet off get the mouth guard in there and we're going to start sparring hard so you put a hundred percent of your muscle power in a punch and i'm going to do the same thing oh by the way you're 120 pounds and i'm about 205 pounds (laughs) yeah (laughs) guess how that's gonna help so there are instances that there are obviously instances where that doesn't happen, of course, but mostly I'm pretty sure the former um, exceeds the latter in a ratio. Yes, there are people who believe that, and this is not just even in martial arts, but this is also in life where it's just like tough love being blunt with somebody else is the way for them to grow up or learn. And to that, I say, it depends on the person. Okay, you, you you give tough love to the wrong person, they grow up and or they learn the wrong way. But there's sometimes where being tough love actually isn't the worst thing to do. Depending again on the person. I think it all applies on the situation and the person and the personality they have. Do you have anything to counter with that? Oh, I think the tough love training that she was doing before was was more tolerable. This kind of berating and basically saying you don't have it in you to do the thing you're doing. You're completely like you're a failure just because of this one messed up, really. I mean, that's yeah, she even breaks into the point that he just sits down and he's like almost just kind of pouting to himself. Yeah, fetal position. Yeah, it just seems abusive. It doesn't seem helpful. I would hate to go to this place, but of course I could go to Tosh's side of the perspective and then state that, well, let's look at it from her point of view. She was not demanding him to lift the entire continent like what Kyoshi did in Avatar Day. Didn't lift, but obviously separate a piece of island or piece of rock from the continent. Um, all she is wanting him to do is uh, push or uh to stop the rock and of course she saw that he actually was building up towards it so she had confidence and put the time into doing it and seeing that her training was paying off like all her um work with him was was paying off and then to all of a sudden see him not do it probably blew it now that's the other thing where we have to look at from Toph's perspective in that Toph this is her first time teaching somebody may also be a lesson of practice as well for her because Mm -hmm. as i know teaching is a completely different thing than training and learning something or at least learning earthbending for instance in this case she could be she is one of the best earthbenders in the series so far that we've seen teaching is an entirely different skill than than learning earthbending does that make sense and teaching earthbending itself to somebody else is different because and as my teacher said you have to know personality types you can't just uh keep you can give the same like 
nice uh, appearance, not nice appearance, but you could always, always be positive with somebody. But there are those who are cocky and who are uh, full of themselves that show up to a gym and state that they can take on the best uh, people in the gym and that they have also are those guys who have been given the, they've been given everything their whole lives and their parents have never said no. I might be talking about something that actually has happened. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously with those people, you'll be blunt with them and state, well, if you're, if you think you can do it, those people, you definitely do it. You, you, you confront them head on and say, if you think you have, if you're every bit that you say you are, then talk the talk, walk the walk. Yeah. But again, obviously, yeah, I'm getting away from this. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I think that's different than, uh, like actively berating and of course intentionally trying to break you down. This is the case in, in this kind of cruel way. Again, it, it just seems like as a mentor, there's a, there's supposed to be a level of respect between a, a teacher and a student that goes both ways. And that's why we use this episode to contrast both mm. Toph and Aang and Zuko and Iroh. Mm. Because again, like I said, my whole point is that subtly, Toph is also learning how to be a teacher with Iroh. It's one of the best teachers. So I'm not saying that what Toph did is right. I'm certainly saying that I think we should also keep in mind that she herself needs to learn something, but they didn't talk about that in this episode. This is just me implying this stuff because I know how this works because I am learning how to teach people martial arts and it's hard especially with words and how to say the right things. And it's not that the people are impossible to teach. It's me, myself. How do I describe something to somebody else and perform the move perfectly for them to know, but also know that their bodies don't behave like I do. Mm. So I can't just give that to everybody. I say like, yeah, just do this. I do it all the time. That's because it's me. That doesn't mean the person themselves knows how that pardon me if I'm being very, you know, being a little too personal here and, and, and projecting here, but this episode really, hits me now because it's just it's it's something it's it's what i i am experiencing and i'll get to a little more of that stuff later but for now yes no this is not the way to handle a student who has not done the simple fundamentals because except for this series and does have a deadline a person can train something as long as they want however there should be growth at that point <laughs> anyways Katara comes in uh, to be the healer that she is and mend the two and, and say I think Aang it's time for some waterbending training because we haven't seen you do that since the cave of two lovers yeah and I like uh, I like Toph's line yeah whatever go splash around until you feel better Oof. <laughs> she should have called him a baby too the two. Just, yeah don't forget your soother baby she said that <laughs> Uh, cool point is that where it's 10 it's 10 35 this is uh, i'm i'm fine with that this is going on anyway um oh boy uh zuko and iroh are based above where the abandoned town was from the previous episode in the chase just like to mm. point that out yeah and as we can see um it seems like iroh takes a little bit more of a hands-off approach where he gives zuko the fundamentals that he needs to know and then he kind of sits back and lets let Zuko have some time to just try to figure out himself. 
And then when he thinks that he needs to step in, when he sees that Zuko is really not getting anywhere, that's when he comes back over and gives some more advice. Yeah, you know, he's tempting all this and it keeps exploding his face. Mm-hmm. Like everything always does. That can go so many, be interpreted in so many different yes. ways. <laughs> not to mention the literal way of his his poor face. But... <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I think, I think you just exposed another burn on the other side of his face. <laughs> yeah, but then doing all this has exposed something else to, to Iroh. It's exposed that that it, it isn't necessarily an issue with training or it isn't an issue with technique. It's an issue from inside. It's Zuko can't get past the shame that he feels surrounding his, his history with his family and potentially even just Azula trying to master something that she knows and thinking about all the years of her being the superior student, maybe that makes him feel sh- shameful as well. So so that's the real kind of hurdle that needs to get over to be able to master this. Please all go listen to the Foo Fighters song, Shame. It's awesome. I think it would also be a good AMV cover for this part. <laughs> um, anyways, inner conflict is what is holding Zuko back from the mentality of producing lightning. Mm. I do like that uncle is confronting him on this with that stuff. And Zuko doesn't say he, he doesn't react um, bitter towards uncle Iroh. Whereas before he would storm off this time, he just turns his head and almost agrees. Well, I mean, not even that, but he says like the, the most I've been feeling hu- uh, humiliated uh, recently, I guess with like losing his ship and maybe what happened in Zuko alone. And again, the, what Azula has been saying about his father not wanting him at home probably does feel humiliated at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but do you think uh, Sokka feels humiliated with this? Now he's, he's still trapped in that little hole in the ground. And now that little guy that he was hunting has decided that, oh, Sokka's hair feels like a nice bed. Let me just let me just rest up here for a while. Well, first off, I if I know I would absolutely get itchy on the top of my forehead, and given the fact that my head and hands are nowhere near uh, each other, would probably drive me up the wall. Yeah. Yep. And second of all, Sokka has taken this time, given that he can't really do much, but talk and again pontificate his current situation with his new furry friend. And that he realizes that this is all because uh, he hunts and well er, and uh, and by extension eats meat Mm -hmm. therefore he's decided that if he gets out of this alive he will karmically correctly be a vegetarian for the rest of his existence yep and yeah i guess well that's that's a that's a character straight that's a character development right there yeah and we'll see how that develops as we as we cut back to that a little bit later but I did like that right after that scene, we cut to this bit with Momo and this frog. It's almost like a mirroring scene where <laughs> where Momo tried the same thing, tried like a little almost hunting technique. And it backfired on him too. I will agree with that where and it back <laughs> seems that Sokka was onto something and it backfired on, on Momo in that instance. Uh, although I would love to just state that the bit where the, the little saber tooth moose line uh, brings an apple to Zuko or to Sokka and doesn't unfortunately leave it near his his 
grasp or his his mouth um and just he he tosses he's able to get his boomerang out and tosses it towards that's a great bit i'm sorry that's just that's a funny yeah, bit it's a good bit too yeah and then we get kind of a pretty kind of a common calmer scene in the episode where it's, it's uh i was gonna say Sokka, where it's katara and katara and ang just kind of passing some water around it's more like not so much a training session but just kind of working in something that he already knows and just kind of having like almost a how what would you describe it? like a little kind of team meeting kind of it's thing. yeah it's maintenance almost like through the fundamentals for now like that's just let's just do some practice that's all it's not going to be anything intense but just like keep the muscle memory in check mm-hmm. especially since you yourself have to go through four disciplines like let's make sure you still remember this discipline yeah i like that um I like that that Katara is still not only like an active participant in the training that he's going through, even though it's not in in her wheelhouse, but she's almost like they're almost playing two sides of a of a coin. Um, Toph, since she's not a personal personal person, just kind of focuses on the technique and the the philosophy she's telling him, but she's not really like explaining it to him or kind of helping him grasp it. And he needs someone like Katara to be there as like a teacher's aide to come in and be on the more personal level and and help him grasp it. So I, I kind of like how that, that teamwork between them and that she's not judging Toph. We don't see her like, oh, that, that Toph needs to get right and teach exactly the way that I do. I like that she respects her enough as a teacher to kind of help her with Aang. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's that's nice. That especially There's almost like no grudge from the previous episode with the chase. Yeah. Um, that is a good point to mention with that. Um, and and that she also of course opens and explains you know that fire and water are opposites therefore air and mm-hmm. earth are opposites so the whole point here is that the reason ang is having difficulties is that this is the hardest element for him to master because he is so he's been an airbender his whole life he, all he knows is how to be defensive whereas uh water or earthbending is offensive it's interesting how she doesn't talk about how water is both offense and defense and how he's able to do that mm. with like like just use more of the training with from with your water bending of attack and apply it to there i kind of was hoping they kind of went into that although i think they sort of do that when she throws a bamboo stick at him not bamboo stick sorry um but a reed at him and he <laughs> cuts it in half reacts nicely by the way with water bending and slices it in midair which is awesome i guess that technically proves my point i don't know if he has the reflexes of a water bending master seafood guitar yes <laughs> it is what it is i was gonna say that that felt like a little bit maybe over pumping him up it didn't really feel uh yes but, <laughs> but whatever she's just trying to be nice did you at all get maybe some at least this is a flashback for us because we did the thing before. And this is obviously after the fact, but I got some senses of, of the last airbender movie in there. Although that was a little different where he still had guilt. He was, he was dealing with the guilt of, of the air nomads. This here's a little different where he just was having guilt. Um, I don't know if he was having guilt so much as like, Oh, I got like, you know, till the summer's end to master that he didn't go into that, but he just, this was just him being stuck. No, yeah, I definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely didn't think of that. I didn't say oh, that's just me. That's that, that that that's only me. 
you get what I mean. Anyways, segueing to the lessons that of Uncle Iroh. Yeah. Yeah, kind of going through the, the bending philosophies behind all the, the bending practices of the different uh, the different elements. And I thought that was a really cool scene. I love the way that he kind of draws it on the ground and, and lays it out for for Zuko. He doesn't even fully understand why he's being taught that. I thought that all played really well. And I don't know if you want to go into the particulars. But... I don't think you, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through each of the four philosophies. Oh, crap. <laughs> we are running kind of long, but, but I know. Yeah, don't. I won't do that. I'll just say that it is interesting. I love how Uncle Iroh does this. He shows he is a man of culture, a man who has traveled the world, mm-hmm. one that is more open-minded to the other elements and they exist and the nations. That's a cool thing, by the way. I like that. Um, and it really opens up. It's a good introduction as to what he's about to show Zuko when it comes to, and especially how he ends like with water, by the way, he draws water mm-hmm. last because then it leads to water uh, with fire, fire, lightning redirection. Yeah. And I love that he explains, cause I'm sure with, with Zuko's upbringing, I'm sure it was kind of taught, you know, fire bending is a superior bending style. That's, or that's, that's the one that you need to focus on learning about previous firebenders. But I like that. Iroh is more of a, more of a world educated person and recognizes that all of them have their own unique, unique philosophies that he could integrate into his own bending style. So I thought that that was and really he's, cool. He's sowing seeds for later stuff. He's, he's mm. trying to get Zuko to be a little more open-minded yeah. about like the world around him. As if something might happen later. Uh, tease. Um, you know, like it's it's really cool um, what he's coming at with Zuko. And again, kind of what I was mentioning before, a close stance for you, I guess, to for layman's terms, close stance is what the Fire Nation thinks of themselves where only fire matters. Uncle Iroh in, you know, speaking Avatar lingo with like, you know, think of the other four nations, not just Fire Nation. That's an open stance idea uh of all don't don't be afraid to be more opened and that just means like an open stance just means switch your stance if your opponent switches stance be in the opposite stance because then you'll have like an advantage over them in in a, in a way but that's neither here nor there um i do love what um i also like what he says about how like if you only take it from one place you become stiff and rigid that's that's incredible um yeah there's a lot of a lot of talk about that in dune there's a lot of quotes about just societies becoming so kind of stuck in their ways and just falling into decline because of it. Oh, and especially with like isolationism as well. I mean, that's, and that's, that's especially funny with like, you know, what the fire nation are based off of. Mm, that's yeah. That's interesting. Um, and he, and he basically gives the most amount of respect, I think to Ang without ever saying it here where he's like, having the avatar understand these four elements in these cultures is what makes them so powerful. Mm. That's the best line I think that, and the best compliment you could ever like he's giving to Aang without like saying it to his face. Hmm. Well, but uh, speaking of Aang, if you're, if you're ready to move on to that next scene. Uh, yes. Go ahead. Yeah. So Toph, she's, she's given him some time to kind of reflect and he, he's even kind of sitting and meditating and trying to get in the right mindset to continue his training. And like a little like a little insect buzzing around his ears, she comes and she sits. And her new tact is, oh, let me take things that belong to Aang and let me just use them against him as motivators to kind of fight for himself and push back. 
So she's got this little, this big, like a bag of nuts with his face drawn on it. I wasn't even sure if that was really his. Because why would he draw his face on there? <laughs> I feel like she probably did engrave that. <laughs> and then she, yeah, she, he, she's, he's like, okay, you know, that's fine. You can take those, whatever. It's not going to break my focus. But then she pulls out his staff, her, the, her new nutcracker, she says. <laughs> I did laugh at that, too. She's just taking glee and smashing them. And Aang, he tries the the tech. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, go ahead and borrow that. But but the more she uses it, the more he just gets completely choked. As she starts smashing the nut shells to get to the nut. And then Momo joins in on her. What a traitor. <laughs> like when she walks away, she's just like hitting it against every rock that she sees. Using it as a cane as an actual <laughs> like uh, uh, visually impaired person would. Oh, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, I see what she's doing there. Yeah, a little visual gag. <laughs> But that's so funny. That's also ironic that it's a visual gag for somebody who couldn't visually see that. That is amusing. Yeah. Sorry. That went too far. But anyway, uh, but as soon as, you know, he's, he's so irate, he's trying to, again, go home. He's trying to do the meditation. Uh, guitar arrives saying, I can't find Sokka. He's not been here at all. I've been for some reason. I, his sarcasm has not been around this camp the entire day. <laughs> Yeah, and very quick to action, Aang says, oh, yeah, we better split up and find him because we all know. I knew something was missing. <laughs> we all know Sokka's pretty accident prone, so so who knows what's happened to him. Gets into these terrible situations. Most of them do anyways, but it's, it's kind of their uh, modus operandi. Anyway, you know, his, uh, his, his little, I guess, animal compatriot is trying to get him free by yanking him out by the hair. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, but this was actually another one of those scenes where I feel like it almost has that almost glowy animation yes it does yes it does because it is dusk not that that means anything but mm. oh so that's just the style that they're oh, okay that's interesting. That's what i thought but this was remember how i said like originally in like i think book one episode three uh where it was like oh yeah i remember the whole season of or the whole book of uh book one water oh, looking yeah. like <laughs> this i guess i'm just completely drinking the mushroom juice because I I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but it's episodes like this where I was just like, this is what Avatar looks mm. like to me, where it's like hazy, and I like it. I really do like this like filter over it, this gleam. Although I think again, it's just for to in it, to simulate dusk. Yeah, and that that could be fair. Um, I I just remember this style being really popular around this time and a few years earlier in in anime, like uh, Afro Samurai kind of has that look and i remember the boondocks having a similar look something like that i even say like ghost in the shell 2 for i guess more oh, yeah. mainstream people that big time really really had that gleam especially when ghost in the shell 2.0 oh, yeah the first one came out when they oshi e excuse me when when Mamoru oshi e um special editioned himself <laughs> yeah there was a lot of gleam on that even the rebuild of evangelion films kind of looked like that again mainstream stuff a lot of other films yeah. probably did that ghibli did not as far as i'm aware i don't think ponya had this gleam to it no definitely not maybe not i, I, I we just yeah. recently saw that but well, not recently but we saw that so i don't remember there being a gleam <laughs> to that but anyway sorry yeah apart from the animation yeah so ang discovers him and and sokka's like oh thank goodness ang like quick uh, even though I know you're kind of rusty with this whole earthbending thing, uh, free me out of here. But then Aang, he just kind of mentioning that kind of gets him 
thinking about how about what he's been learning and he just gets kind of distracted you know and turns off the idea yeah he starts getting into his own mind and and poor sock is just kind of sitting there like like oh oh <laughs> this isn't gonna work and it's you know to the point where it's just like ang's like oh i can bend, air bend you out of there gives sock a new hairdo and i guess it also shows that that at one episode in the um uh what was it not the prisoner but um you know, though, in, in book one where they were, they were yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, I forget every, I don't remember every single one, but the one with the Haru and his, yeah, the one with Haru and his dad on the, um, on the oil rig out, well, the metal coal rig out in the ocean, uh, or the sea. Anyway, just when I yeah. blew that <laughs> earth bent, the rock via vents, anyway. Yeah, and then Aang saying things like, oh, you know, Right now, I feel like I'm in a, I'm stuck in between a rock and a hard place, and Sokka's looking up like, "Come on, man! Like, how are you not seeing this? <laughs> like, do you have to rub it in right now?" <laughs> and then that's when around when Aang notices his little Sokka's little furry friend. Uh, what does he say? He is like a cyber cyber tooth moose. Cyber tooth. <laughs> I don't think he looks metallic. <laughs> well, oh, did I say cyber? Uh, Oops. Well, first off, his name is Fufu Cuddly Poops. Yes. Yeah. Sabretooth Moose Lion. Did I say tiger? Oops. Well, you know, descended from whatever. Yeah, lion. Yeah, really cute little guy. But he's just like, hey, don't you have a mom? Guess who shows up? Yeah, right afterwards, of course. Gee, she is huge. I wonder, between her and Appa, I wonder who would win. Hmm. Probably Appa. No, it's just you probably will. Well, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I don't want to get into like, you know, the whole gorilla, silverback gorilla versus an apex grizzly uh, debate. Oh, not debate. that again. But yeah, yeah, not that again. But, <laughs> and make it sound like we're all for animal fighting. But anyways, uh, we, we cut away yeah, from there. And we, we see Uncle Iroh showing Zuko the movements to this water bending move he learned <laughs> yeah or kind of lightning redirecting move i guess that he invented kind of based on uh, water bending teachings yes exactly because he says water bending is able to uh you know do both positive and negative uh actions Mm -hmm. uh, being defensive and offensive uh, at, at once not, not not at the same time but like one and then leading into the other quickly and so he's like aha so i'll use kind of this technique to channel the lightning into the sea of chi which is the stomach or vast ocean as uh iroh puts it for himself <laughs> and um <laughs> straight face zuko right there at 1840 i thought it was funny and i like that uh I like that Zuko never really acknowledges these comments. He just kind of sits there with like a blank expression. Of course not. But basically, we, <laughs> the audience, have seen this before done back in episode 12, The Storm. Oh. Where he... I think, yeah. He physically uh, redirected the actual lightning bolt, preventing the their ship from being hit. Hmm. And I like the way he explains it with the kind of 
the the stomach i don't know if you want to get into the specifics of it no no no. you go ahead you can uh, you can do the specifics i'm not gonna oh i was i wasn't going to i was gonna move past <laughs> oh i love the i love the little like feel the flow as you like you know yes makes noodle arms <laughs> yeah I, I like that too that's that's kind of where i was going yeah i like that moment does the wave anyway it's not that though it's it's not that that's a different water reading <laughs> the mcgregor stu- whatever shuffle <laughs> stance whatever he does that's a stance in its own right anyway um but they do it for a few hours yeah and he very much emphasizes that you want to kind of move that energy through your through your stomach you know a a place where you can kind of it's a source of the energy you definitely don't want to move in through your heart so he kind of yeah hammers that in don't do that and right when zuko right when zuko's getting ready to be like okay i think i got the basics just like i thought i had it all these other times maybe it's time to start training with real lightning yeah, and I was just horrified, <laughs> which completely fair after all the bungling that Zuko has been doing for the past, you know, few hours or days, hours. It's the same day. <laughs> Let's be real here. It's one day. This would does unless you have GSP um, body uh, uh, body makeup and how that man works and his brain, how his brain and muscles operate where you can photocopy moves and are just a natural athlete at heart. This will not happen to the layman. Okay. You basically gotta be a special type of person to be able to do something like this, where you get it instantly. And for Zuko, well, this is redirection we're talking about. So obviously it's a little different where of course, uncle arrow does not want to blast lightning with him Mm -hmm. at the same time. When he mentions about, you know, you don't want it to go into your heart. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in that. Um, you um, you kind of have to. OK, it's the whole like, OK, I want to experience getting choked out. So choke me out in the rear naked choke. OK, there's that whole thing of like, uh, that's not going to help. That's not going to make you better at resisting the choke. That's not doing anything other than like just, OK, well, there, here's what. I think you're missing the point. I think you should just avoid doing that and just learn the technique. <laughs> so I sort of get it. And I have been close to, I've, I've seen stars. Let's put it that way. I've, I've allowed a few people to physically choke me because I've had bad days. Um, but anyways, <laughs> you won't fire lightning at me. I'll find my own lightning. And guess what's approaching Virgil. I mean, a storm. <laughs> yeah. It just happens to your thunder. And you can tell that I wrote, he doesn't necessarily agree with this choice, but because of his oh, yeah. way as a teacher, he allows Zuko to make his own mistakes. So, and Zuko leaves uh, once again. Although this time, I'm pretty sure he's going to come back, distraught with not being able to be zapped by lightning. Uh, he wants to try it himself, of course. So I don't think he's angry. I don't think he's leaving his uncle again. This is just to go try that anyway. 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 Speaking of a storm that's a brewing, I'm pretty sure Aang and Sokka are in for a storm of getting beaten the crud out of by this saber-tooth uh, moose line. <laughs> Mama. Yeah, and again, poor poor Sokka, he's still trapped in that hole. Um, Aang hasn't even really tried to earthbend to get him out of there, really. He's just, yeah, pulling some weird, like, distracting tactics and trying to give the baby back, hoping that'll help, but none of it's really working and yeah pretty risky spot for for Sokka and I like that um when the the big beast he's like charging we also get that anime shot 
where they're like in this own like different colored realm with all like the lines moving around them like it's like a piece of dragon ball or something uh and trying to be more um uh, assertive I'm to say summer. yeah assertive and uh offensive and taking something head on by sort of doing a different angle approach where he uses the air to like move the beast around so almost like throws the beast over Sokka so he doesn't get trampled and he stands his ground rather than moving so it mm-hmm. okay that's a start what else yep. do you got um goes to a rock uh goes to the side of rock starts mocking the beast with weird hand gestures and body movements and i don't even know what you would call that um gets the beast attention goes towards him or actually goes towards Sokka and then steps in kind of pirouettes checks the beast in another direction and uh rule of three because i guess we like that again doesn't earthbend but blasts the beast with air directly again head on and the bump unharmed the mom leaves yeah clap 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 slow clap <laughs> top was there the whole time yeah old buddy boy old uh, jerk brain yeah she was there watching it and she didn't help at all maybe she was the one that brought the mama there i that's uh, just me projecting yeah oh it could be yeah but not even does not only does she not help but she's also still got those those nuts and she's still got her nutcracker the uh yeah ang's air staff Except this time he's not putting up with it anymore. He catches it out of anime air as it's speeding towards uh, him in that same kind of background. And yeah, now he's ready to stand up for himself. So does this mean that we just got taught a life lesson of how to confront your bullies? Mm, Yeah, and I'm going to leave that one in the air. I'm going to leave that one in the air unless you have something to say about that. Yeah, the only thing I would say is even though we see the kind of working around Toph's method, I do feel like maybe they are a little bit too much of giving her a pass. Like it actually, like it shows like, Oh, her method worked. And in some ways her method, I I don't think it was abusive and, you know, a bad way to go. But in other ways it feels like maybe there should have been some consequence for her little blow up there. She was just berating him, but maybe that's that's me. Maybe that's, my own personal experiences coming up where I just find that kind of behavior, like it should be more condemned and not as readily accepted as I feel like it often is. So maybe that's just me. (laughs) Well, if you came to my gym, you would certainly be pleased because we do not tolerate that kind of behavior around anybody. (laughs) That's good. Or in the gym setting. So do not worry that that does not happen in my gym. Probably (laughs) other gyms as well, but I'm just going with what I know. Yeah. And I like, um, after this kind of success and after getting some positive praise from from Toph, look at that, Aang, now he can do it. Well, she, yeah, she, she screams at him to do it, and he doesn't. He pushes, he moves a rock. Yeah. Yeah, so it all, yeah, it all worked out. There you go. And now the sun's setting, starting to set, and the first day was a big success. So, so there you go. And Aang's so confident that he's going to lift Sokka out of the ground. Well, yeah, no, they're not going to let him do that. Yeah. And Toph's like, yeah, it's, no, that's not a good idea. Yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> she does it herself. I did like that moment. I thought that was good. So has Sokka given up his sarcasm and meat uh, diet? Mm. I don't think so. No. Yeah, he'll he'll forget. 
Sokka is not known for his uh, his great memory skills. But yes, we get a nice little happy ending there. Aang's talking about, oh yeah, I realize what it takes to be a great earthbender and just kind of standing firm. And you know, we get that little end joke there with, with Appa knocking him over right after he says that. But the real ending... Also, of course, like, I, I like the the I like the thing where Sokka's like, yeah, you know, I was pontificating the whole time about like, you know, what would happen if I had died? And then Aang just interrupts and like, hey, look what I can do. Yeah, poor Sokka. He's always the, the butt of the joke. But definitely not the butt of the joke is this ending. This it's all rainy and stormy wherever wherever uh, Zuko is with all these mountains. I think there's some beautiful animation there. And we just see this very heartfelt just screaming to the skies and kind of it's not just about learning the technique anymore or about testing the lightning it's really just about him kind of airing his frustration at i guess fate for what it's done to him and what the world is has turned him into and, and how they've treated him and i think uh, the actor uh, was it bosco i can't remember his first dante name. bosco yeah i think he really uh is pulling it out during this scene i think and he's uh, he's working it well scene out of any old movie or in Shakespearean theater where the character would scream to the heavens mm-hmm. cursing them or at least expounding everything that is wrong and giving them their motivation or at least spouting out you know what is wrong and why uh, they're living in a world like this what is going on and his demons here are the lightning he wants to be struck just to see if it would work or not. But really, there's a lot more going on with him. And that he's trying to air out all his frustrations. And to be fair, to be fair, this is episode technical number 28. Two more episodes. Now, there's 61 episodes in this entire cartoon or in this entire series. One can say we're near the halfway mark. Mm. And that this could be the tipping point for Zuko, if you know what I mean. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. That's cool. Oh, but I was going to say, I think some of the animation, especially the animation running across uh, the rain going across his face as he starts to cry. I think that's some of the best animation that they've had in this show in terms of really detailed work. So it's a high compliment there. (laughs) It doesn't get my approval of... Uh, what rain actually feels like, but it gets close. Darn, it comes really close. Yeah, I was thinking even that that's a shot that I could see in an anime movie, and it feels more theatrical than just something like a piece of TV oh, yeah. animation. So, so they really went all out there. Agreed. No, yeah, no, no, no like high praise as yeah. well. I'm just <laughs> not not to be a knucklehead. <laughs> oh, but that brings us around to the the end of the episode. At long last, here we are. Long last. Written by Aaron Ehaz. Head writer Aaron Ehaz. So he lists his name twice. Who's, who's this guy with his ego? No, just How kidding. dare he? <laughs> oh, but what do we think about this one? Another piece of filler? or? Uh... Oh, no. No, 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 no. This is not filler. This is, this. once again, Aang learns his third element. You could say his fourth, but I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, we don't talk about the deserter. Oh. <laughs> the fandom hates deserter. I would be shocked if they did. Um, but we know this is a uh, complete and utter uh, story focused. And I'm glad it happened. 
again, I wish that we did kind of showcase Toph being this also being this should have been well, it should have been, but it would have been cool if it was Toph's story as well, where we see her learn to be a teacher because and the same thing with Katara is that like yeah, before I mean Katara sort of knew how to like it, you know, she's like, Oh, I could teach Aang how to like, you know, uh attract some animals to go, you know, sledding on. I don't know if that counts as teaching, but like maybe with Katara, she because she has a nurturing side, that's that's where her teaching she excels at teaching, whereas Toph has trouble with teaching. So I wish that would have kind of been shown as well, where it's a lesson for her as much as it is for Aang. But um the Zuko Iro stuff is great. It's it's wonderful. We we show another side of the philosophies of the world. We expound a lot about the philosophies of the world. And it comes from the man himself, Iroh, which is perfectly in character. And it ends with Zuko. Oh, I have something to say about that. But to you, sir, what do you think of this episode? Oh, yeah, I think, I mean, this season overall is so far, this book, I should say, has been full of great episodes. And this one doesn't disappoint. I think the training aspect and the kind of mirroring the two teachers and the two students, I thought that really worked really well. It's a great piece of writing. And the animation, I think this is, yeah, it probably make my top five of this season so far. Oh, nice. High praise. And probably overall. So that's good. One thing I also thought about was that you remember how in the swamp, uh, when what's his, um, um, who was given, uh, Aang all those, I am a walrus spiel on, yeah, yeah. Then that you're the next person you meet or your earthbending teacher has to be the one who waits and listens. I guess also that's what Boomy said. Never mind. That's just mm. what who yep. said. But um Yeah, I was thinking about it. I don't prick me if I'm wrong, and anybody can obviously point this out. Was Toph demonstrating a wait and listen attitude in her initial training, or was this just like basic training, earthbending training one oh one? It almost seemed like a little bit of the opposite. It was more like just confronted head on and just kind of go. <laughs> huh. That's kind of the philosophy. You'd think that if she was doing standard earthbending moves, the hungar style that they were touting is, or what, what Sifu Kisu was showing. Um, I, I don't know if they were going to try to, I don't know what a Southern praying mantis style would look like, or, uh, fundamental course would look like i wonder if that's all that we saw like all those training methods was what southern praying mathis does that doesn't matter really but yeah i'm surprised that if this is how she learned from the badger moles well then oh, okay fair enough <laughs> no yeah it does seem like maybe they maybe they just forgot but we'll see we'll see how it, if it comes up more <laughs> as the training continues yeah that's fair it's because this was like initial training like day one training so maybe yeah she didn't have any of that maybe we're just maybe we're just reading too much projecting too much sorry um oh but yeah on the the waiting and listening yeah we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that more as it goes on and see if that's just a completely drop thread yeah we have to make honor ourselves beyond that case yeah or else we're we're just like oh we forgot about that i've probably forgot about so many things where i'm just like point here point here we'll get back to this we'll get back to that and i completely forgot about that stuff yeah so, if you and any friends go to any sport, activity, whatever, and you see 
this behavior that Toph is displaying. And this is not with like a child doing it. This is a person who does it repeatedly where they do uh, abuse their power and they do take advantage of others and belittle them for not getting a technique right immediately. Do either leave, confront them with it, but don't put up with them with that. That's just, that's not allowed. That's, that's completely disrespectful to being a teacher of the art, whatever that art may be. And to being a decent human being so don't ever let that you ever see that stop it like call them out for it and if they don't change you've done your part leave just walk away kick the shoes off your dust or kick the dust off your shoes and walk away because it's not worth it that person doesn't want to change but you are at least willing to change till next time podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Spoilers. Enter at your peril. I want to talk about something. Sure. It's very near and dear to me. This. I want to talk about something that we will not see in Legend of Korra. And that is Zuko bending lightning. I am at least a little miffed about that. In in book three, we see him go up against... We see him briefly in the beginning of book three where he goes. He's with Korra's dad and her cousins. And they have... What's her name? there i think it is it gonzin uh the earth the the lava bending i think it's the love no no it's the it's the um what's her name it's the combustion bender that's right pylee i believe is her name mm-hmm. we have the combustion benders mm-hmm. a here's going to break her free with his new airbending abilities and she's stuck in there in the coldest part because that way she can't light her her fire and for her for her, you know eye tattoo or head tattoo, excuse me. And there we see Zuko with one of his dragons, with a dragon, excuse me, which is a good thing. But one thing I was disappointed at when I realized watching this episode again, I was very disappointed that, one, he wasn't the one that stood against the 
benders like he drove he should have been the one to drive them back and he should have done it with lightning that right there zuko being able to bend lightning is perhaps especially how commonplace it is in legend of korra's time era it should be a symbol of character succession and the character coming uh character growth being achieved the fact that inner turmoil is the thing that's preventing zuko from casting lightning at his age of whatever he is 86 or something at that point darn it i want to see that man bend lightning because then it shows that he himself has grown past his inner turmoil and that scar is just a like war scar that like is just legendary like i want if they are making a movie in the works and zuko is in it obviously this should be years not like down the line for the movie but like i would love for to see zuko bend lightning just because it would because the ability itself demands uh inner peace and or not even inner peace but just like what what did he say it it demands to have no emotion shown that right there is what Zu- like really would showcase zuko's character has grown so much from when he first started does that make any sense yeah i i think that does make sense and i'd completely forgotten that he was in that um but yeah no that's that is too bad that they didn't kind of follow that up there but maybe maybe it was just so so long from now they weren't even thinking about this episode it certainly was yeah i'm not even throwing them under the bus for that it was just like we see what uncle iroh can do albeit with a Sozin's comment, what he does in in the fire in in the in the old masters not the old masters but whatever there whatever that episode is in book three um where him and the other old masters come in and like retake bossing say we see what he can do obviously with Sozin's comet amplifying his firebending but like still i wish that zuko was on a similar level to iroh at his age like in his, in legend of Korra time excuse me that's just a desire of course yeah that would have been uh yeah that would have been cool also sorry no uh sorry Sokka, no proto uh pabu for you uh, who <laughs> Oh, Pabu's uh, Bolin's Fire Ferret and Legend of Korra. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Sorry. So more for the spoiler section, yeah. More for the spoiler stuff. <laughs> That's what I also thought. I was like, oh, a little like Sabretooth lion, Sabretooth moose lion uh, was technically proto-Pabu, and we were denied him. Oh, well. <laughs> 